Hey mamas, welcome to the Built to Birth podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Tyler. I'm a mama, childbirth educator, and a birth doula. And today on the podcast, I am so excited to bring on someone so special to me, my sister-in-law, Shannon. Shannon started off on the traditional maternity route with an OBGYN in a hospital setting and then shifted gears to hiring an out-of-hospital midwife for her home birth. And something you'll see throughout her journey is that knowledge was empowering to her, but so was claiming her right authority over this experience and how that really truly transformed this transition that she had from pregnancy through birth to now motherhood. Knowledge truly is power and it is my passion to help equip parents for a happier, healthier, and easier birth. So if you have not claimed that authority over your experience, make sure you check out the Built to Birth course, which is linked in the show notes or the description below. All right, let's jump into Shannon's birth story. Hi, Shani. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You've got your little baby girl right there. Yep. She's so if we hear her. any oohs and ahs or cries, <laughs> we'll just do our her best screams. to tune that out. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and to everyone listening, this is my sister-in-law and she had her baby just a few weeks ago and she had one of the most amazing birth stories. And so I've taken a little bit of a break from sharing birth stories here on the Built to Birth podcast, but I'm so excited to be jumping back in and jumping back in with Shannon's story. Um, and so I just can't wait to have you share it with everyone here listening. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this and share. Yeah. Um, how many weeks old is your baby now? She will be six weeks in two days. So she's Has it gone by fast or slow? It's gone by so fast. I feel like she should be two weeks old. So it freaks me <laughs> out that she's like almost six. <laughs> I know time is a thief. I just feel like it goes by in a blink of an eye and you're just like, like me holding my baby now who's 20 months and then holding Evelyn. I'm just like, yeah, you're not my baby anymore. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, let's jump in right now. Um, and answer this question. Um, what were some of like the beliefs or ideas or thoughts or feelings that you had about birth before you yourself even got pregnant and you were, you know, then confronted with, okay, at the end of this pregnancy, I'm going to be giving birth myself. What were some of those ideas that you had about birth? Yeah, I feel like um, before I got pregnant um, and just like I feel like throughout my whole like adult life, I've always just thought like, oh, okay, being pregnant, especially for the first time is so hard. And then with birth, um, I think I was just really under the impression that it was going to be like a days long labor. Um, I feel like, you know, all the stories you hear just like I was in labor for two days, three days, four days. And, um, just I was miserable and in pain the whole time. And um, yeah, like, I just feel like I had this idea that it was gonna be terrible. Um, like, and there wasn't really anything that I could do to change that. Um, 
so yeah, I just always thought it was going to be like super painful, terrible. Um, Mm. and then, um, I guess 20 months ago, um, you invited me to watch Ava's birth. Um, and that was at your home. Um, and that kind of like changed everything for me. Um, and just my thoughts of birth, like, I feel like it did a 180 where, um, like I watched you do that, um, in like three hours. Um, and then I was like, wow, this is actually really easy, which now I know like it's not easy. Um, but yeah, I think it just, yeah, I went from being like, I almost don't even want to do it to like, oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome. Um, and so yeah, then I got pregnant and then I was like, okay, well now I like really need to figure out, um, what it's going to be. Cause it's probably like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So yeah. Yeah. And what were, what was your expectation like for where you were going to give birth before you got pregnant? Like what was, what, what, what was kind of the expectation that you had in your mind? Um, I thought I was going to be in a hospital um, in a hospital bed, lying down on my back, um, with an epidural, uh, that was just always what I thought was the best option. And so, um, that's what, that's always what I thought I was going to do was just like, yeah, go to the hospital when I was in labor and just get as many, um, drugs as I could to make the pain go away. So yeah, before I got pregnant, that was what I thought I was going to have yeah. to do. That's what I thought I had mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so many women is this idea that that's like they're because those are all the stories that we hear or, you know, that's the image that we see on television of a mom, you know, rushing to the hospital and like getting to her hospital bed and just being tended to by the nurses and wires and all that. And so I feel like that's the image that we have in our mind. And then we, we hear these stories of, you know, epidural after epidural, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, It's just, you know, that's the norm. And so that's just kind of the expectation that we have. I feel like for a lot of us moms who are, you know, get pregnant for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, when those are the only stories that you hear. Yeah. Why would you mm-hmm. think anything different? So what kind of catapulted you then into educating yourself for your birth? And what did that education kind of produce? Like, did it change? Like, what did it change from your expectation to what actually happened? Yeah. So, um, I think just, um, realizing that there was an option for me out there, um, that wasn't in a hospital, um, that didn't have me hooked up to an epidural. I feel like just realizing like, oh, people who choose to give birth at home or give birth naturally, um, even if you're like in a hospital, like those people aren't crazy. That's a very like feasible thing like that's very possible um and it doesn't like it doesn't take like (laughs) 
I don't know. I don't want to say like it doesn't take a superpower because like it obviously it is a very difficult thing to do and it's a very difficult decision to make, but it's like it it didn't have to be like, well, that could never be me. Like I feel like just learning about birth, um, especially through built to birth, um, that just helped me realize like, oh, this is actually very possible. Like I can do this and just um, going through the course and like all the modules that made it um, just very, the idea became very like accessible to me of like, oh, I can have the exact birth experience that I want. I can be at home. I can be comfortable. Um, I can be empowered through this experience and it doesn't have to be like this scary thing. Um so yeah, definitely going through the built to birth course. Um, it totally, it totally changed like my perspective on like birth, not just my own, but just birth in general. Um, I feel like I learned so much about the process and yeah, and honestly, I like came out of it and I was like, do I want to be a doula? Do I want to be a midwife? <laughs> <laughs> Because because it's just, it opened up like this whole world of birth that I didn't know like existed. Um, And so, I mean, when I was pregnant, I could not stop talking about it. And even now I cannot stop talking about it. Like everybody that I know that is pregnant gets an earful from me of like, you need this, (laughs) you need this course. So, Yeah. Well, I love it. I think that's just a testament to, you know, something I say a lot is that knowledge is power. And I think no matter what decisions that you make in your pregnancy or your labor or your postpartum period, you know, the more you're equipped with knowledge, the more empowered you're going to be to make any decision. And and that's like the most that that's just so priceless. And so I love that, you know, you took education and that empowerment into your own hands and you like seize that opportunity of authority and you took it and you ran with it. Um, and I just, I think that's so powerful and that's so powerful for other moms to hear that it doesn't take like a certain kind of person. It just, you know, it's not like, like, oh, hippies only have natural births or like, I I don't have a high pain tolerance. Like I can't have a natural birth. Um, you know, like I feel like there's a lot of ideas about the kind of woman who can have um, an unmedicated or even home birth and like just to say like, no, it's it's education and like really seizing the authority that I have over this experience. Um, so with that being said, because we haven't even gotten into your birth story. So uh, for those of you listening, I was able to be at Shannon's birth and it was just so incredible, like I said earlier. And just watching her. So Shannon is like the everyday woman. Like I said, she's like, like there's not a certain kind of person who can like achieve an empowering, unmedicated, even home birth. She's like, you tell everyone what you do for a living. Um, I do hair and I will say this was something for years. Like I, low pain tolerance. Like I cannot handle things. I like, I just, I can't do it. I only have my ears pierced. I let them close. I don't have tattoos. Like I am not like a pain chaser. I'm not a thrill seeker at all. And that was something for years that I felt like, um, you know, people would say to me, like, I don't like moms would say like, I don't know if you're going to be able to handle birth. Like that had been said to me, Mm. like, by friends, Mm. by family, like 
by, you know, by strangers. Um, that was something that I have heard over the years, like over and over is like, I don't know how you're going to be able to handle birth. And so, yeah, just realizing that like a lot of it is like, it's so in your brain, like so little of it has to do with your body. Like so much of birth is like in your brain. And so like training your brain and like preparing your brain is like, well, who cares about the pain? You know, it's like, it's all, it's, not all, but like a lot of that work is just like mental work. So yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm just a hairstylist. I don't have super Not just, she's amazing, <laughs> but it's, you know, like we're saying, it's not like a one kind of type of woman who can accomplish this. And I'm so excited for you to hop into your birth story finally. Um, I know we're a few minutes in already, but you're really going to see just the amazing empowerment and just like, honestly, how incredible Shannon's birth was. And she's a first time mama, um, you know, and so I think a lot of times we think, you know, first time moms are going to have this really long and arduous labor. And sometimes it is like that. Absolutely. Um, and there is still empowerment that can be found in those labors. Um, but I think this will be really, really encouraging for first time moms um, who are approaching their births to be like, okay, wow, this is like you know, something that is attainable for me to have. So with that being said, Shannon, why don't you start, you know, with the, f the few weeks leading up to your birth and then start sharing your birth story? Yeah. So, um, I dipped out of work, um, at 37 weeks, I was having just terrible sciatica. Um, and so I stopped working at 37 weeks. I was so convinced, um, that my daughter was going to be early. Um, I was like, by 38 weeks, she's going to be here. Um, and I went all the way to 42 weeks. Exactly. Um, I wasn't miserable. I wasn't in like, I wasn't in pain. Um, once I stopped working, like I felt pretty good. Um, but yeah, I was just by 42 weeks, I was, I was done. Um, and so I had, um, an appointment with my midwife, um, at that 42 week mark. And, um, she came over and I had kind of been doing like homeopathics, just like ready my body. I had been dilated to a three, um, for a couple of weeks, um, and just nothing was happening. So, um, yeah, I was just, I was just done at 42 weeks. And so she came over, um, and she did a membrane sweep. Um, and which can we, we just take a moment to appreciate that this was at 42 weeks, like this wasn't 39 weeks where it's like, you know, you're not even at your due date, which I'm doing air quotes for those of you not watching. Like, you know, that's totally an estimation. So your midwife let you go, you know, let you go again, air quotes, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like we get, you know, a, a, a slip saying, I'm allowing you to do this. This is, you know, our birth experiences. So we're the ones in authority, but that she was, you know, even encouraging that baby, you know, should should come on their own time, but also being like with the homeopathics being like, let's try to get things rolling if we can. But this was a membrane sweep at 42 weeks, which I think is something worth noting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just wanted to be like, 
just super chill about it. I didn't want to stress. Um, but yeah, by 42 weeks, I was like, okay, this girl, she needs <laughs> I think to every mom by 42 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm ready. Um, so she, she did a membrane sweep. Um, and she said, you know, um, try castor oil. Let's just like, if you really want to get her out, like, let's just do everything. Um, and so, um, I, took some castor oil, um, after she had left, that was at like three in the afternoon. And then, um, around, uh, around five, um, I just had this urge to go to bed. I was like, I think, I think I need to take a nap. Like, I think I, not that I need to, I wasn't super tired, but I was like, I just felt like, I think I should take a nap. And so, I went upstairs. Um, I laid down for about an hour and, um, I was, um, cramping a little bit. It wasn't super intense. Um, but you know, I had the thought like, okay, I think something is happening. Um, and then, um, I woke up around six and, um, like they had definitely progressed. Um, they just felt like really strong, like period cramps. Um, and then, Um, I told my husband, Luke, I was like, Luke, I think something is happening, but like, I'm just going to take it easy. Um, and so, uh, I was just having like some contractions, um, like I would say like mild to moderate, like I was totally myself, like between them, um, for around two hours. Um, and then at eight, Um, that's when they started to pick up. I was like, okay, this is like actually really uncomfortable. Um, and I was just having to like, really like focus like between, um, like between each surge and just kind of like keep, you know, like keep my body, keep my mind under control. Um, and so I think around eight is when, um, we called you, um, and then we called, um, my two girlfriends that were going to come over as well. Um, and then we were like, let's hold off on calling Grace, my midwife, um, for just like a little bit longer. Um, and then I think you had said like, I, you know, once I get there, um, I can, you know, I can call Grace and just kind of like gauge, you know, when she should get here. So that's kind of what we did. Um, you came over around 10, 1030. Um, and then my two girlfriends came over like around the same time. Um, that was when it started to like really progress. Um, I was like really having to focus, um, just to kind of like breathe, um, and just try to relax as much as possible. Um, right when Bridget walked in the door, I like had, um, a really strong contraction, um, threw up all over her, um, and then you got me, into, you got me into the shower. Um, and then I was just trying to like relax. Um, and then, and then I got into the tub. And so this was around like 1030. Um, I don't know like how far apart my surges were, but they were like intense. Like I couldn't, it was hard to stand or walk during this time. Like during a surge. Um, and so got into the bath. Um, I think I sat in the tub for an hour and a half. 
I don't know. Also, you keep you keep saying you were at my birth. You weren't just at my birth. You delivered my baby. Um, so that was really awesome. Oh but um, yeah, I was in the tub for like an hour and a half. That was rough. Um, and it was fine. What do you mean it was rough? I mean, rough? it was like, it was. Like the um, contractions, the surges were getting more intense. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Um, was like the water, I could, I do you feel like the water provided, do you feel like the water provided relief? Yeah. Yeah. If anything, like if, if I were to do it again, I would have gotten like a birth, like a birthing tub um, because I wasn't really sure mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And so I was like, let's forego the birthing tub. We have a tub. So I'll just use that if I feel like it. Um, and I will say like using just like a regular, like standard bathtub, um, it was comfortable enough, but it was hard just to lean on like that hard, like the hard side of it. Um, I'm not super tall, but I'm tall enough to where like being in a bathtub that is a normal size, isn't like super comfortable. Um, just in general, much less when you're in labor. Um, and so if I were to do it again, I would have gotten like a, like an actual birthing tub. Um, but being in the water was really, really nice. Um, and it was nice when, um, like someone had like a towel on my back, you know, when I was like leaning over the side, um, just having like water, like, um, just kind of poured on me that actually did help me to relax a ton, which I know like at that stage, like relaxation was going to get me to like the next place that I needed to go. Um, and so that was really nice. We had the lights off and just like little candles, um, everywhere. Um, my girlfriends made a charcuterie board for me, um, just to have like some sustenance to snack on. Um, so that was super, super nice. So I was in the tub for like an hour and a half and then, um, they started to get super strong. And so, um, they moved me to the bed. Um, I was on my side and that was, the least comfortable position that I was in. Um, yeah, I was like on my side. Why do you say that? I don't know. It was just so unpleasant. I think anything would have been unpleasant. And I think at that point you were going through transition. Yeah. So it's like anything's going to be challenging, but I think maybe being out of the water and also like laying down and being immobile and that's why I feel like getting up and being like mobile is so valuable during labor but honestly I think at that point like you were like in transition and so nothing was going to be like oh this feels great yeah that was like I mean I just (laughs) I think that was like the first moment where like and I only thought this twice and I was so aware that I was having this thought but it was like between one of my surges where I I never said it out loud but I remember thinking why did I do this and then I was like (laughs) well it's too late so like this is just what it is um and and I knew that I was gonna be happy when it was like done like I knew that I had made the right decision but yeah in my head I was like wait why did I do this it was it was a little hard to like remember um and yeah I don't know 
I don't know. But, and I remember not wanting to ask you what stage do you think I'm in? Because I was afraid that you were going to tell me that I wasn't in transition yet. And, um, cause you had asked me that and then the I was just going to be so you're sad. like, yeah, you had mm-hmm. asked me in the bathtub, you're like, where do you think I'm at? And I was like, I think you're like into progressed active labor. And I think that's why it's so important for moms to realize like what, or think about beforehand, what kind of communication is either going to encourage or discourage them. And that's like the same with cervical exams. Like, do you really want to know, like a cervical exam is only going to tell you where you're at in that given moment. It's not going to tell you, you know, how fast labor is going to go or when you're going to give birth to your baby. So is that information going to, in that moment, like encourage you to like keep going or is it going to discourage you, you know, kind of with the like, Hey, what stage am I in? Like, active labor. Like, are you kidding me? We're not there yet. You know? Um, so I just think that's like a really important factor to think about even before you're going into labor, like, especially before you're going into labor to know, you know, like how communicative do I want my birth team to be with me in terms of my labor progress? Totally. And I remember like taping the stages of labor to my dresser, like when I was in very early labor, because I was like, I want to be able to look at this and think like, okay, active labor should be about this long. And then transition should be about this long. So I know when I'm in it, like there is an end to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. But yeah, I was glad. Yeah, I was glad that I um, didn't ask because it it, eventually it, it ended. Um, but I was curious, like when I was in transition, I was like, I hope this is it. Cause if it's not, I'm done. So, um, and then, um, while I was on my side, it's crazy what the body does. Like I always, well, you just hear that, oh, you're, you know, like you're 10 centimeters, it's time to push. And so I thought it was going to be something that I like had to like consciously do, um, but it was like my last few surges that were on my side, my body just started pushing like on its own and I could not control it. And that blew my mind because I didn't know that my body would just do it on its own. And so, um, then I think everybody was like, okay, like she's, she's like starting to push. So let's turn her onto um, onto like my hands and my knees. Um, and then like every surge after that, it was like, my body was just like pushing. I could not even control it. Like if someone told me not to push, I would have been screwed because like it's, it wasn't something that I was like consciously doing. And I never knew that about birth. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like it's so hard to explain that to first time moms because it's like, oh, you'll know when to push. And it's like, well, what do you mean? It's like your body, like you can't help it but to push. And it's like an impossible feeling to describe to someone who hasn't explained it. Like the, the only thing I can equate it to is if you have to go poop really, really bad and your body is just like, I have to go like right now. And 
like it's like an urge you can't suppress you can't fight it I feel like that's the only thing I can equate it to and it's still not quite the same because like when you're pooping you can still like clench your butt and like hold it you know what I mean this is probably like TMI for <laughs> most people you're my sister-in-law so I mean, not TMI for you but that's like the only thing I can equate it to and even that it doesn't like come close to what it actually is yeah, I was going to say like throwing up, but even that doesn't do it justice mm. because it's so much stronger. But like, yeah, when you're like, when you are sick or like throwing up and it's just like, you have no control over what's happening. Like, even if you wanted to stop it, you couldn't. It's like, it's so, you can't will it. To and like that's exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like really yeah, crazy, so you, but honestly kind of a nice surprise that it was like, oh, I don't have to try very hard. It's just going to happen. So yeah. So great. I don't know. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> no, that's great. And I think that's encouraging for moms to hear because, you know, I think there is a lot of fear around the pushing stage with being like, okay, I have to like push as hard as I can and give it as much as I've got. And most of the time, especially when you're able to do it without the the disconnect that medications can bring into that experience, like you are you are kind of at the mercy of your body and the sensations that it has. You know, you're at the mercy of your body being like, we're pushing right now. Like it just is what it is, you know, and allowing it to do that work. And like you said at the beginning, that mind game where it's just like, okay, I'm going to remove my brain, my thinking brain out of this and just trust my my body to know that it knows what it's doing at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pushing for about an hour and a half. Um, and I remember like towards the end, like once like her head started coming out and like you know, she was like being born. Um, she got, I wouldn't say stuck. She was just taking her time. Um, and she was just, she was coming out in like segments. And I remember everybody telling me like, okay, like push if you can. And just being like, I can't cause I don't like, I'm not trying to push or not push. It's just not happening. And so, yeah, I mean, it really is like, it's so out of your control. Like your body's just going to do it. And I feel like that is proof that it's like when people were telling me to push, I was just like, I I can't like, this yeah, is like, unless my body's doing I it, can do. then I'm not gonna. Yeah, totally. That was kind of what was happening then. And then you caught her. She came out. Yeah, so let me share that part of the story because that was my favorite, obviously. I mean, you did all the hard work. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, that's like how your body like protects itself or like how your brain protects itself because this is where I get foggy because between. I swear between each surge, I was like blacked out. Like not like I hadn't fainted, but I feel almost like my brain just like shut down. Like I had, I was in like, just not bliss, but like, I just had no idea what was going on. I remember being like, I don't know, like who I am or where I am or like what I'm doing. Like I just, everything went blank. 
And so I'm super fuzzy. Um, but like then a, then a contraction would happen and a surge would happen. And I was like, Oh oh yeah, I remember. I remember it all. And then it would like, <laughs> and then it would kind of like taper off. And then I would just like, kind of like <laughs> go into my slumber again. And then it was just, yeah, it's crazy what the brain does to like, just like protect itself and like preserve itself. So yeah, you mm-hmm. can, yeah. Share yeah. It is so wild. Part. Yeah. I mean, there's women who, you know, their, their partners are like, yeah, you were snoring between contractions at the end because there is so much energy that is being expended during those surges at the end that your body, as soon as it has that rest, it's like, okay, we're going to really recover and we're going to rest during these periods. And I think that is another encouraging point part to consider for moms who've never walked this before is that there is reprieve from your surges. It's not like labor starts and then from start to end, it's this intense power. There are there are minutes of reprieve between those surges and that's when you really are able to come back down and, you know, bring yourself back to a place of comfort and peace, sleep, bliss, blackout, whatever, whatever it is for you, you know, it, you're able <laughs> yeah. to come back to those, <laughs> those places. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so you are on your hands and knees. And I had this conversation with your husband, Luke, uh, like a few days before I was like, Hey Luke, I texted him. I was like, I think maybe you should consider catching your baby. Cause at our birth team meeting, he was like, no, I'm not really like, I don't, that's not something that I, I want, I'm ready to do. Um, and understandably so as a first time dad, I think that's like, a, that can be very daunting anyway. So I texted him. So this had been a conversation that we've already had had. And so, you know, the night of the birth, I was like, I look at him. I'm like, Hey, she's coming. Do you want to catch her? And he was like, no, I'm not, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not ready for that. And so your amazing midwife was going to catch her. And I just like asked, I was like, is it okay if I, you know, am able to catch her? And, you know, of course I made sure that was okay with you. And I think you were kind of in that lucid state where you're just like, yeah, as long as someone catches my baby, I don't care. Um, and I think I had even asked you like, Hey, do you, do you want to catch your baby? And you were just like, I, I don't know, like you're just kind of in that lucid state where I don't even think you would have had like the energy to catch her maybe. But no. um, yeah, that was so cool because mm-hmm. that was the first baby that I've ever caught and she's my niece and it was just like such a beautiful and special moment to have and it was so peaceful and something that I remember having, you know, conversations with you beforehand, especially because you had chosen to do a home birth is, you know, like I'm, I'm scared about tearing. Um, and it, because, you know, with that idea, like maybe if I tear at home, what were your thoughts around that? Like, what were your expectations at the beginning when you didn't know much about, you know, the, the recovery and like the, the aftercare at home? I literally thought, if I tear at home, there's no drugs. There's like, there's no pain management. I just have to deal with it. And so that was like, honestly, that was the biggest hesitancy I had in doing a home birth because I was just like, I, that like, that is sickening to me. The idea of like having to get stitches with no, um, like, no pain medication, no numbing or anything. I was like, this, like, this makes me so weak in the knees. 
And I remember it was like our 30, like six week or 35 week um, appointment with like our whole care team. I had said like, well, I just don't want to tear because like, you know, I don't, I don't want to feel the stitches and everybody's jaws were just like hitting the floor. Like what? Like you, you have like you, we give you like uh like lidocaine or whatever. If you tear and you need stitches, like you don't have to like <laughs> brave it without <laughs> just grit your teeth and bear and so, it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I and everybody was like oh like you don't even feel it when they do stitches and you know whatever and I was like oh my gosh I just don't think that that's true and so had I known that you know that pain medication that like that that would have been available had I torn oh my gosh I would have never been hesitant about doing own birth so I just didn't know so I'm sure there are other people out there who like that that's their hesitancy too is being like oh like what am I gonna do if I tear um but yeah then even just knowing um as we got closer that like hey like a lot of whether or not you tear like a lot of that depends on your like your care providers and your birth team and so that made me feel better too just knowing that like hey we're gonna do everything and like it's not like well you might tear deal with it it's like hey we're gonna do everything that we can to make sure that you don't, you know? Um, and so it was all fine and I didn't tear. So I worried about yeah. nothing, but and that, was that was my hesitancy. So cool. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being there and, you know, just, she's so gently coming out. And I remember grace afterwards sharing with you like no tears and you're like oh my goodness like I'm so happy you know that was like my goal and you were able to have that and I think that was just really really special to you know for you to experience that and I know so many moms are scared about that I was scared about that for my first birth and you're right it has so much to do with your care provider and then what you know and something that you were doing while you were you know listening to your body and just kind of following those surges to push is I was like having you cough. So you were just like at the end for uh, for several of your surges as she was coming out was just coughing during your surges. And so that was just like bringing her down little by little and just stretching your tissues. And so, you know, that was, I think, another one of the ways that we helped prevent any tearing from happening. But it was so cute. So Shannon said earlier that she was like kind of slowly coming out. I've never been to a birth where this has been the case, but she just like totally slid out really slow. Usually it's like head comes out. And then once the shoulders are out, baby just like slips on through. And this little baby was just so slow and steady. And so I'm holding her between worlds and she totally just locked eyes with her dad and just didn't make a sound, just blinked looking at Luke, her dad. And it was so sweet. It was the most precious thing in the world. And I was just like, this is what it's all about is having this transition between worlds for this baby and these parents to go as smoothly as possible because it's a massive transition. Like a baby is coming through bones to come into this world, you know? So we want to do what we can to make it as peaceful as possible. And it was so cool. Just like that moment of her 
looking at Luke and I was just like, she knows, like she knows that that's her dad and that she's safe. And I thought that was just like the coolest thing in the world and such like a peaceful, amazing moment between the two of them. Like she, Mm -hmm. he, he was the first person that she locked eyes with and that's going to be so special for them for the rest of their lives. So I think, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing dads into the experience and partners and family members, whoever is on your birth team, bringing them into the experience will really create a bond unlike any other for the rest of your life. And so to piggyback off of that, Shannon, what was something that Luke did that really impacted your birth for the, for the better, um, during, yeah, during your labor, during your birth or early postpartum period? Um, yeah, he never left my side. That was so nice. Um, that the whole time he was just like, I knew that he like had a hand on me or was like holding my hand the entire time. Um, and I had like a pretty big like birth team, I think. Um, it was what, like five people. Um, and that was actually super helpful, but it was just so nice that like, um, that Luke like never left my side. He was never like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab this. Like he was just there the entire time. Um, I think there was like one moment maybe where I was pushing and I was between, um, I was between surges and he like went to like grab a fan or something. And I remember I was so aware that like, oh my gosh, my right hand like has no hand to hang on to. And so I remember just like calling him like when the next surge happened. Um, and he like, you know, brought his hand back, but that was like, oh my gosh, that was so important to me that like, it didn't really matter what anybody else was doing. Like, you know, other people were kind of like shifting around and, you know, like changing, um, changing positions or like grabbing water or grabbing food. Um, but Luke was just like so present the entire time. Um, so that was like, honestly, just so helpful. Um, and then he was just like a really good communicator. He didn't like under communicate. He didn't over communicate when I was, um, going through it. So that was like perfect. And I think a lot of that was, you know, us talking about even like as a care team, like, Hey, this is the way that I'm going to feel most encouraged and empowered during labor. Like, this is the type of like communication I do good with. This is what I don't want. Um, and so he was just really receptive to that. And then postpartum, um, yeah, he just did so, so much, um, with just like making sure I had water making sure I had meals and, um, we live in, you know, a two story, so I couldn't go downstairs for like a week. And so, um, he just really like took care of everything and made sure I had food. So that was really nice, mm. but mm-hmm. so sweet. And there's so many ways that partners can get involved. And so I loved all those things that you shared because it makes them feel so <laughs> a part of this incredibly big transition. Oh, honey. We'll wrap it up very soon. In fact, we'll wrap it up with this last question. Well, two. So how long was your labor from start to end? Because I feel like every mom's going to want to know that. Um, yeah. So it kind of started, you know, around like 6, 6 p.m. It started to like, it felt like labor starting at like 
eight or nine. Um, and then she was born at two forty in the morning. So like six, five, six hours, six hours. It was short. Yeah, so pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. for first time mama. Mm-hmm. And I think it helped a lot that you went as long as you did, you know, at the point where labor began your body and your baby were so ready. And so it was just like, we're just going to get the job done. And so I I imagine that that helped tremendously. Um, I love that. I know moms are going to be like, how long was that? So that's perfect. Um, And then last question to wrap up our time together, because I'm sure little one wants some some one-on-one time with you. But what is one piece of advice (laughs) that you would give to new moms who are, pregnant and wanting to have an empowered, beautiful birth experience, whether they're giving birth in at home or the hospital, have a midwife or an OBGYN, what's a piece of advice you would give to them? Um, I would say, like you said, knowledge is power. And so just learn as much as you can. Um, learn about what happens in the brain. Learn about, you know, like what will happen in a hospital, what will happen at home. Just give yourself as much knowledge as possible. That was like what I was so thankful for about Built to Birth and the whole like course was that it went over everything so much more than you could ever get out of like a doctor's visit um, and just like asking questions that way because they are on a clock. Um, And so I felt like, oh my gosh, just hours and hours and hours of material um, through Built to Birth like so helped to just like know like oh this is what each drug is gonna do or like these are the positions that will help you you know it's just like there's so much information and so just learn as much as you can um and then I would say also surround yourself with people who um or not people but surround yourself with positive birth stories um ask around and like it was so encouraging just to know um to know people and hear stories that were positive surrounding birth because I feel like so much of what we hear is just like the horror stories which are super real too and they're totally valid and you know like people need to share that um but yeah it was really nice when people were like oh I had a home birth like so if you can get in on a home birth do so because it was amazing and it totally (laughs) changed my view but yeah just learn as much as you can um yeah learn as much as you can um and just know that whatever you want is possible out of birth so Hmm. yeah I love that and I think really quickly to piggyback off of that you know knowledge is power but then something that I've seen through your experience and your story that you shared with us is that you really, you took your place of authority. So it wasn't just knowing the information and just like taking the normal route, which is totally fine if that's, you know, the route of maternity care that's common in the United States, which like I said, is totally fine if that's what you want to do. But you realized with the information that you were gaining that you wanted something different for your birth and you took the authority over that experience to make that happen. And I think that, you know, is an, an element of the empowerment too, is, is knowing the information, but then acting on the authority that you already have, but doesn't always feel like it's yours. And so 
I'm so grateful that you're able to share your experience of having this home birth and you were in, you know, the hospital setting under an OBGYN for a long time throughout your pregnancy. And so you were able to see, you know, that that contrast in in, in a hospital, it can be super empowering, but it really depends on your care provider. And so I'm so glad that you found a care provider who aligned with you. And it just so happened to be an out of hospital midwife. And um, I think that's really empowering for moms to hear that they do have options and alternatives and knowledge is power and that the authority over their birth is their own. So thank you, Shani, for sharing your birth story with us. I'll let you go. But I loved having you on and I know all these moms who have listened to your birth story have loved it as well. So enjoy your little one. Thank I'm sure you so much. I'll see you soon. I don't say that to most of my podcast guests, but I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will see you okay. soon. Thanks so much, Bridget. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Bye. Mama, I hope you loved Shannon's birth story as much as I did. That was such a special birth to be a part of. And like she said, listening and surrounding yourself with these positive experience with birth is so pivotal and transformational for your own birth experience. So I am so glad you're here listening to these stories. And if you want more stories like this, make sure you subscribe to the Built to Birth podcast and then give this podcast a five-star review so that the algorithm knows that more mamas need to be hearing these positive and uplifting birth stories. And last but not least, don't forget to check out the Built to Birth course, which is linked in the show notes or description below. And if you're not quite ready to commit to the full Built to Birth course, I do have a free mini birth class that gives you my five top tips to a happier, healthier, and easier birth. And as always, thank you for being with me in this podcast, and I will see you in the next one. Bye, mamas. Bye.